Hi, my name is Edith Sabo, and this, this is my podcast. A podcast about inspiration, hope, and different ways to live a better life. I'm so happy that you find me. You're very, very welcome. Hi friends, here we go, one more week lived (laughs) and I am back and I have this beautiful conversation with my dear teacher Wendy Newton, Uh, she was my one of my first yoga teachers Uh, and not just yoga but life. And I hope that you can find her answers, go as deep as they did with me. Uh, I was in a spa in Tulesand here in Sweden when I talked with her so I could hear the sea outside of my window. And I was so relaxed, I didn't need it to work. And I was so enjoying this moment with her. I'm not talking so much more. Here is the interview. Enjoy. Hi, Wendy. Hi, Edit. How are you? We just had this conversation about how we... It's so funny because every single person who who I'm talking to, I have a little chat before, and then we start like this. The recording is starting. Uh, hi. It's like this this little moment of anxiety, and then you realize nothing changed. <laughs> it's just like somebody told us that the recording started. I'm good. I'm so happy that you are here with me. Yeah, I'm really glad to be here, and I'm I am. Um, Looking forward to where our conversation goes. Me too. It's always like, like the ble- a wind blows and like yeah. where it goes. But you are, I can just tell you that I invited you because you are one of my biggest inspirations. You mm. are my first real teacher, not just in yoga, but in life general. Mm. And those years where I, I, stu- I studied with you, uh, I think I never ever learned so much about life and about things, and it's not just yoga. I really mean about life uh, that I that I did with you. So for me, you are like the person who you know this. The teacher is coming when the students is ready. That mm-hmm. you are that person who just like oh you came and you changed me and the world. Not not maybe me, but the world how I see the world, your perspective, the perspective. So who are you? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, what a privilege to be uh, honored in that way. And I, you know, sometimes we know and we don't know, you know, as, as the teacher, as that person who names something or, sees something or tunes into something for somebody else. And that first moment is really significant. And actually I have a memory of 
the first connection. I think it was in an ISHTA 200 hour yeah. training in a big group. And I remember having a conversation with you about your experience of meditating and yes. just kind of that, like, I just, yeah, I, I heard something just in that little moment, but might not have been the first moment for you, but I, I, I remember that. I remember a moment for myself c- connecting with you and seeing who you were. I remember that too. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So what a privilege. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. Yeah. The next question is the bigger, broader question. Um, who am I? Um, well, um, my son is in Pisces and my, I have a big stellium in Pisces in the fifth house. So I'm always, um, quite, uh, I can be pretty oceanic about things, pretty uh, broad in my perspective, but um, so pull me back in if I go astray, okay? Um, I love that, just go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I am um, primarily uh, uh, I started out um gosh where's the beginning uh, i'm primarily a teacher of yoga and meditation and sadhana in general um i uh have two two really two big teachers in my life a lot of people have one first teacher i really had two first teachers if what first in a bigger broader sense you know ma- you know major perspective changers. And one was a yoga teacher and one was a polarity therapy teacher mm-hmm. and uh, teacher of native um, native sh- native ways. So we know who we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, uh, these two modalities or paradigms or whatever, you want to call them kind of came into my life in my uh, 30s early 30s um i had been you know practicing and studying yoga for many years before that but just in my own my own soul my own body and um they kind of like filtered back and forth through each other so i taught yoga and i studied and then taught polarity and I kind of went back and forth, you know, in terms of what modality, what paradigm I was working in, but always um, kind of seeing how those two strains, those two traditions or lineages, if you want, kind of uh, informed each other. So, um, you know, where it lands for me is that what we're really talking about is a way of living that honors who we are and that tries to bring that forth into our 
everyday life, right? So it's not just about in yoga, sometimes there's this idea of like, I'm going to meditate, and then I'm going to get out of here. And it's all going to be good from here on in. And then I, I don't know, like, there's, it just ends there, this like idea, this big idea of like, finally, suffering will be over, you know? Um <laughs> Yeah. And that, you know, has never been my experience. And it's not the experience of any of the wisdom traditions, really. And so I feel like part of what I, you know, sort of give, give, can give people is like just coming back to self, coming back to, you know, we, we go out and beyond and we change our perspective and we experience something new, maybe our something in the way our nervous system is relating to the world shifts or something in the way our, you know, some other part of our physical experience shifts or even, you know, like that aha, that paradigm shift can come in, you know, like the, you can get this aha, like, oh my gosh, I, now I see something different or I feel, I understand emotionally something different. Like wherever it comes, we have to understand that it like when we get that aha, it's not the end of suffering. Mm. <laughs> Who are we to say now, you know, not that that's these, the, these little, these smaller cycles, beliefs can change, things can change a hundred percent, but we still have to come back to where we are, you know, after the enlightenment, the laundry, like you just kind of have to still keep weaving it back in and for me, these two traditions spoke to different ways of working with myself and with people around that issue. So that's who I am. Yeah. I, when I lose track of my own sadhana, and I have to go back to my sadhana, and I help people do that over and over again. Yes. And where, where comes the inspiration for is that the inspiration as well then like to coming back I have a sadhana and I come back to myself and there is the inspiration or well you know you can look at it in a few different ways for me um you know without getting into too much personal history that coming back to self um is really the key moment to um healing oh. right so the inspiration is when we get lost which we do when we don't feel supported which we often don't when we feel um abandoned or uh victimized mm -hmm. which sometimes that happens too right? All of these things can happen in life. And uh, for so many different reasons, and mostly, I mean, I leave it to each individual to have an idea about that. Um, but we are, you know, uh, spirit beings having a human experience. And that's what happens in the human realm and can and when we feel that way, when that's going on, we lose track of who we are. We think we are those emotions or that's that pain or that anger or that, you know, they did somebody did something to me. We we get really involved in that. And that's the nature of our being here. And what I always 
see happening is that the thing itself, that external wound, that external, the imagining the thing that we think it is out there and what we think it did to us, that's where the painfulness or the suffering lives in us. And when we realize that, you know, we are not that, that we are this bigger, more loving, more capable, more, um, you know, have more agency than that. That comes from being able to go back to self, like to go back to the practices or the way that we have to let go of all that, to see it for what it is and to come back in so that we're not caught in it. We're not fixated on the, on the pain, but we're, so the inspiration about coming back to self through a practice for me mm-hmm. is that, you know, the mind is often not the thing that gets us out of the fixation. It's the thing that fixates. Yeah. Right. So this experiential movement of energy, this experiential movement of, um, you know, just getting really good at coming back to today. Who am I today? Where am I today? What does my body feel like right now? What's happening in my emotional body? What, you know, just the curiosity to kind of come back and, you know, I think we all have our different ways. I don't know. Some people practice Qigong and some people practice some Mm. various forms of Buddhist meditation. Some people practice yoga, um, you know, there are just so many different ways to do that in different traditions. Um, or we just, you know, kind of sit and read the, the the books, the wisdom books, and have our tea in the morning and remember who we are. There's just so many ways at it, you know. Um, but I just, so that's, that's, that's the, that's the place of inspiration that when we, when we go to that place, we get bigger than the fixated mind. We literally transcend it for for a little bit, and in that transcendent in that transcending it for that moment, right? Just letting the nervous system wind down, letting it letting the the active mind settle, mm-hmm. going to that deeper place, and then we might have some inspiration or some aha, or we might just, you know, know where we are in that process, you know. Yes. And that for me is inspirational. I don't look for the big, you know, uh, I don't know. I I think it's an imagination. We can have an imagination of the end of suffering, but it's just an imagination. Almost all the people I talk to, uh, most of them was creative person, like uh, musicians or writers or uh, artists, uh, people who are drawing but also people who come back from sickness, all Mm -hmm. of them talking about that, that you said, um, and that was their source to do what they are doing in the world today. And some of them just realized it in early childhood that, oh, I was alone all the time. And uh, I was like talking to myself. I, I made this inner environment. Yeah. And I'm going back to that all the time or people who made did yoga and and self-study and went through a a, a very harsh uh, 
sickness coming back and say, you know, I see that now. I've seen that before, but now when I I have the sickness in my body or head, I I seen what the shell was and what was me. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like the adversity or the the challenge, right? You know, the challenging things that we meet with in our life are the teachers. Right? That's the that's the teacher and the teaching. And, you know, I mean, in one lifetime, you don't get everything. You don't get all the experiences. How confusing would that be, right? <laughs> you get like a few experiences and and core beliefs based around them. And, you know, uh, well, when I was, you know, one of the things that, that really influenced me early was, in fact, yoga, because I had a very unsupported youth um it was quite supported in some ways you know i wasn't we weren't poor we had money i lived in new york city you know um in the 70s i grew up in the 70s um so it was like a really intense time in the city and quite intellectually stimulating and lots of interesting people around and so many different you know things to do and know and but at the same time, you know, uh, I was on my own. I was like the original latchkey kid. I don't know if you have that expression, but, you know, I was going and coming on my own. And um, I, I don't know if I could say my mother kicked me out of the house or I left the house, but one way or the other, <laughs> uh, I left the house when I was, you know, like 15, maybe just going on 16. And um, I was out of my mind, just completely out of my mind, living on my own, uh, just uh, whatever, you know, getting to school, doing my work, but like, you know, very untethered, untethered is the right word. And I found, I wandered into uh, the Shivananda Yoga Ashram, mm. completely just because it smelled good and looked kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> yes. you know dance and like you know Indian food and I went in there and I just started practicing yoga I practiced yoga all through my teens into my 20s um, it was the thing that I learned you know and they 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 teach a particular kind of meditation which is like you know you sit down and you you say om for hours and hours and you chant there's a lot of chanting and a lot of very prescribed asana pretty deep asana and um you know that became my way so early hmm. and i've modified it and added to it and shifted it over the years not the practice for me over that many years but um you know just to say we we kind of you know get what we need and something in my being just knew that I needed to regulate my nervous system my prana my breath my body just coming back to that and being that's the first thing hmm. like in any like in all situations coming back to that was it just taught me that that's the way home um probably 
you know, in all of the situations that I found myself in, in life, that was the way back, you know? And so that became my, my way, you know, um, of not, honestly, you know, who knows what would happen in another parallel universe, but, Mm -hmm. you know, that, that's, uh, you know, we, when you, when you say that, you know, if, if you come back from sickness or if you come back from, you know, if you're just a creative person or whatever, you know, that was, that was, that became my way for what, who knows why, you know, who knows why that's, that was my, my, my bedrock, you know. And what do you find when you find back then? What, what can you find? I know for me what I find, but what do you find when you can settle back and the, the pause or in the pause in, in this? If it's yeah. an intimate question, you don't have to a- uh, answer, but I'm just curious, like, what do you find in that place? I usually find, um, you know, it, it you know, there's not one thing like, you know, I, I don't know if I would name it as uh, compassion or love or ease, you know, I think those things are very general. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what I find when I get to that place is this, you know, when I when when my system down regulates, so that I can feel the uh, the 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 ability to be more spacious with what's happening in my world, right? So there's this way that the system down regulates, meaning that activity of the nervous system just finds that shift. And then in that, in that moment of down-regulating and moving into the pause and getting to the pause, usually it's a feeling in one way or another of being with what is and being able to relate to what's happening when I come back into it's almost like I feed I feed my my active mind's need to process and figure out and struggle with into this like bigger you know self and then when I come back I there's a physical emotional mental quieting that allows me to have that it's not just like i feel inspired to do something new and great for the world no that's a thought i feel ready to meet the moment in some creative way that addresses what is in this moment in a new way and it's kind of magical if you let it be like little tiny bits of magic coming into the world through this practice right that we think we need to figure it out Hmm. but that's we're working in the brain's already fixated patterning without knowing it and so doing that practice of letting that shift happen which isn't here in the mind i'm pointing to my temples yes right it's in the whole system and it's beyond us Right. So then we go there and that's in itself inspirational. 
and it feels there's a knowing you know there's a there's a knowing that isn't necessarily like there's some kind of a new intention or a new thought i always think oh if i have a new thought about something then i got there yes Mm-hmm. You know, or, oh, if I can meet something in a way where I feel emotionally a little different than I got there. And when that, I, I, I truly believe that when that happens, and this is maybe the inspirational part, that's when things can change. Mm-hmm. Right? Like if we can do it with each other, think of any content, like contentious or challenging or, you know, confrontational situation. Mm-hmm. that you're having right now it's in your family or it's with your friends or it's like with the news and the world right whatever it is if you do your practice and you 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 put what's going on for you sort of like over here behind you a little bit and you say it's still there it's there this is what i'm dealing with you come in and you go to that place you come out and it's still there but now you can look at it newly in a new way I have seen over and over again, that's the place where the um, the thing you couldn't think of yes. comes in. It might be forgiveness. It might be, um, you know, just grief. Grieving something. Letting it go for real. It might be you know, a new way of relating to somebody that you thought you were getting completely having to get out of relationship with. Mm. It might be getting out of a relationship that you thought you had to hold on to for dear life. So for me, it's like the, the feeling of knowing, okay, this is the step I have to take. I can trust myself. I can trust this, this knowing it might be different tomorrow, but today this is what it is. So it's something internal. Yes, and I think that was my biggest lessons all all over all over these years that I want to change the world. I want to change the world, and someone like no, you have to kind of change your inside or your thoughts around that go back to yourself and if you can do that you can show the world how the world can do the same thing yes and it's, it's not that i don't want to yes it's not that i don't want to change that but i cannot actively change it i can actively change it for myself first and yes. i if i do that it's not that i don't care about that it's not that i'm running from that it's more like i need to have a new relationship to that and I cannot do that if I am in and fighting with it or whatever it is it's more like I'm coming in let's see what it is for me first yes yeah I mean it's there's so many classic cliches about that but it is honestly true and then what you find is that you know the war the war didn't go away or the conflict didn't go away or you know the 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 challenging relationship with your life didn't go away, but it comes back to you in a way that is actually like, 
you know, we want to change it. We want to change it. We want to change it. And we've, you know, so, I mean, oh my gosh, as a, as a teacher of yoga, who has taught this to many people, I can't tell you how much fire I've taken around, you know, do you like, you want me to stop fighting? Yes. Yes. And I say, well, how about this? I want you to relate to the part of you that's fighting. Yes. And I want you to really let yourself go into and beyond or through or some way let that uh, experience without the because you know if you're fighting with something it's always because you're attached to some outcome uh, as far as i can tell 100 percent of the time but the problem is we don't know necessarily with our mind what it is we're attached to there's a belief system that's operating under the surface this is what yoga says it's called samskaras these are deep programmed unslash subconscious grooves or or patterns in us that we are not conscious of and what yoga says is the whole point is not to change them eradicate them or make them other people's problems but to get more conscious of them yeah and we want to make it other people's problems and we want to fight with it and we we don't know why we're fighting sometimes and it's we're like i always say well, i'm the last one to know yeah why I'm so angry with this thing or whatever it is. But that's my job is to know because then the experience of coming back to that thing that I'm fighting with is different because I know why I'm fighting with it. Yes. I've changed my relationship with it. That's how that works. So the, you know, we could say, hey, you know, I'm not asking you to give up the fight. I'm not asking you to say, oh, you know, it's totally fine that, you know, this crazy person is going out there and killing people, <laughs> right? Mm. That's an, just an, uh, you know, for instance. But what in me, what's the fear there? Or what's the anger there? What's the association there? What am I doing inside myself? Like, it's not the, th the thing itself is, you know, we can judge it. We can, but our judgment only is working for us if we know why. If we have an experience of why I'm relating to that thing, do I need to go now? Now I've now I've heard myself. I've understood my samskara. I've understood that you know this is relating to the part in me that really feels so angry about whatever it was that came up for me well now coming back is that that thing mm -hmm. how can i relate to that external thing now knowing that it's it might be similar it might resonate but how do i now from where i am now want to deal with that do i have to go and get a gun and shoot that person down is that my job yeah. right yeah. And it's so many, so many of us. And even if you have a, a practice, it's so hard to 
not override my samskara I like just see that like be an okay this is what what it's come up for me and not have a reaction around with that with this feeling or whatever it is and I see I see so many people around me doing that all the time and I am one of them but yeah. at least I try to do something about that. And it's mo- much easier, by the way, you'll see other people, some scars. <laughs> of course <laughs> it is. Well, that's the thing, right? You know, mm-hmm. it's it's so much easier to tell somebody about their, you know, to say, hey, you know, take a breath. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, f- <laughs> you know, here's my breath. Um, but, you know, the the thing is, it's like, you know, you, if you just do a little bit of that, it goes a long way. Mm-hmm. It really does. It goes a long way and you get better and better at it and you get better and better at not shaming yourself for having feelings mm-hmm. and for really giving yourself the, t- it, sometimes time and space, you know, for me being a, 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 a my physical body is extraordinarily sensitive and um needs i need to process things through my body i need time and space to do that and whatever you know maybe you need time and space to go and write you know or you need time and space to go and do your your music or your painting or your i don't know um gardening or you know, anything else that sort of is a place where you get outside of your mind and into the part of yourself that can process Mm. and, Mm. and then come back to the thing that is, you know, the issue. And it's, it's, that's how we do it. And I don't know, I find as teacher, you know, I teach the yoga sutras. So that's like people come in there and they just want to like talk it all out and get into it and be like, I solved it. I get it. Finally, I didn't get it. And now I get it, you know, and I love doing that. I love, you know, getting down and dirty with people in that place. But honestly, you know, it's really just a big, a big forum or a big container for people to bring their stuff in and roll around with it for a while. Because, you know, the more that I, you know, it's, these are not things, there's, there's nothing to explain here. You know, it's just living with it. And for me as a teacher, uh, it comes right out of my sadhana, which is, I'm not here to explain to myself analytically, or intellectually, what's going on. That's just a way of keeping distance from the experience one of the ways Mm. you know the mind is what fixates yes so it's a what you know dealing with people's thinking about what they need you know like it's almost like you know lovingly banging your head against that wall (laughs) until you kind of go Oh, right. (laughs) (laughs) And then you take a big exhale and you're like, oh, yeah, okay. So we're all just here. 
like trying to listen to our what resonates for us and being present as human beings and being here in the world and you know that's to me inspirational at the end of the day how can we come back to being in community around these really important topics and then realize oh you know i there's some peacefulness mm. around this interrelationship mm. you know like you go into a classroom or you go into a potluck dinner or you go into you know uh you know the biggest the biggest test is when you when you go to uh, a, a holiday meal with your in-laws yeah you know i have to love these people I have to be in in family relationship with these people and i just can't stand this right how do you do that mhm mm mhm mm what is a learning there it's and how do I be? How do I do that for myself? Like that, sh we are supposed to act like this, or we did. You know, in my mind, I did. I didn't do. I didn't say or do the right thing, or I didn't. I wasn't um, pleasant. You know, whatever your samskara is, and whatever it is you're trying to live up to, that can become the problem, right? That that sort of self shaming, right? That we inherit. We inherit it, but it's not, that's, you know, the, the yoga, I think brings us, it kind of like eventually starts to wipe that slate as we start to see more deeply into what, mo what motivates me. And then we can make those boundaries like, okay, well, I can sit at this table and feel what I'm feeling and make a boundary and leave some space for the unexpected to happen and that's what like not coming the first day on your mat and that's why, why you have to just keep come back and keep come back and you don't know why but you just have to do your sadhana and because that's what you can gain of that because sometimes you know people coming back to 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 yoga when I, I I teaching yoga and I see people coming and going very fast yeah. and I see people moving very fast moving like moving and also coming to the class and disappearing from class and they don't want to do the work or maybe it's not for them but I also see people who are continuously coming back and they are getting more and more out of why we are coming back to our mat yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, you know, it, uh, you know, you could, you could say like, oh, um, I mean, how we inspire people is by modeling, but also sometimes giving them something, you know, like, hey, you know, it starts slow and slowly we start to understand why it is that we're here, why things, why whatever is working for you is working for you. Um, I always think about like, I don't know, this is, this is a heavy example, but you know, like I, when I came to study Ishta, um, it was, I had already done, you know, been in yoga for so long, but this was like, okay, now I met a teacher who really resonates with me. And now I met a community that really resonates with me. And I had been 
I got, you know, at the beginning, you know, I did my teacher training and all the advanced teacher trainings and, um, I, you know, I was very, very into, in it, in it, you know, yes. <laughs> this is my practice. And uh, I was like doing cleansing and Ayurveda and, oh my gosh, I was feeling so good in my body and doing, you know, teaching and, you know, so, like amazingly intense, you know, <laughs> and um, I got diagnosed with cervical cancer. Mm. I had been doing this for 10 years. I was a teacher in the teacher training. I was like, you know, I thought I was sort of beyond that kind of thing. <laughs> and I said to uh, my teacher, Alan, um, pretty sure I talked to both of my teachers, but this little piece sticks with me in our conversation. Um, I said, I, I, you know, I can't believe this. I've been practicing yoga for, you know, with you, you and Ishta and for 10 years. And I, and that wasn't supposed to happen. Like the, I was doing it so this wouldn't happen. And he was like, you know, you've been doing this, this intensively so that when this happened, you would be able to deal with it. And, you know, it's what any good teacher would say in the moment, good, if you're a yoga teacher, but it really hit me like, oh, right, you know, this is life's journey and this is my my part to deal with and I have to deal with it. And I got to tell you, it was dark. It was very, very dark. Mm. Um, but I, I, you know, you, you, you kind of bring your focus to the thing you have to bring your focus to, and then you go through that, and then you come out, and you deal with the things that you have to deal with then and again, you know, so the inspiration part is that the sadhana allows you to deal with the things that come your way, you know, and there's so many ways of saying that. Yeah. And we don't want to deal with it. It hurts. It's painful. But, you know, going, you know, processing that pain is really the name of the game. And then we can be light and then we can help people. We can, you know, honestly do that work. Yes. It was so funny. It was not funny. But when you said that, what Ellen said, the computer, the cling. Yeah. <laughs> it came yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I and mean, it, it is a point of lightness, light in the dark, you know, I mean, <laughs> I'm sure every person who practices yoga, but you know, the, the, the says this, but, you know, um, you know, the experience of being a teacher is not like an ego experience, mm -hmm. but the experience of hearing what you need. So you might not even kind of like get how important it is for the other person. Mm -hmm. but the experience of hearing what you need to hear in a given moment that's where you're in the dark yes is so impactful and this is the very beginning of our conversation mm -hmm. you know and I think sometimes it's like you know those moments when you just when your tail is wagging and you think you've got it all wrapped up tight like okay take a step back from your little ego self and sit tight because 
it's never it's never all light no and that's the history of the world i think exactly and right now and you just mentioned like we are in the middle of two wars and somebody just told me like this is maybe how the third world will look like we're just waiting when it's coming when it's coming maybe we are right into that in it. <laughs> in it, like we just that's how that's how it looked like it's not like a second world war it's something else but how important it is to see that but also come back to your practice come back come back to what you thought me uh saham <laughs> meditation saham and take go back in and see what's going on in life again yeah go back and go back into your this is where i am in this moment it's in where am i internally where am I ex what's going on externally? They're related. Sorry, that's my oh no. <laughs> landline. No, I haven't. Let's pause for a sec. Yeah. Well, I mean, hold on. I could go there and turn it off, but then it would just be over by the time I got there. So for me, this is really what the yamas and niyamas are about in yoga. It's the first two limbs of that eight limbs of yoga, right? The yamas and niyamas help us deal with what that that internal and external gives us the practice around it. Gives us the relational practice of yoga. What's internal? What do I need to turn my attention to internally in order to deal with that external thing that that I might judge to be harmful or that feels harmful or that is harmful right how do i distinguish between my internal reactions hmm. the external thing that is and what we find is that there's some relationship always between internal and external that we might not be aware of and the job is to come back to what is it for me Right, because uh, so that's to the yamas and the niyamas. Like I always say when I'm teaching this, like we don't realize it, but this is the first two limbs of yoga practice. Yeah, it's part of the practice. It's not necessarily like the moral and ethical rules of how we have to be the best person we can be in some kind of greater mind you know or social construct it's actually about it's yoga right so it's distinguishing internal from external and the practice is to be able to turn it around and be able to look at it from a different perspective or to bring an energy that helps us to self-regulate and respond rather than react yeah and it's you know 25 percent of the practice right and then and then you work in the subtle body and then you work in the uh, right in the, in the physical body and the subtle body and the and the and the meditative body the 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 causal body it's very comprehensive and we treat it like some kind of a step ladder which it isn't mm. 
So I always say start there. Yeah. You can go to your body. You can go to your breath. You can go to your meditation. Your inner body. Subtle mind. That it's all it's very related. In fact, inter inter interwoven. You know, that's the that's mm -hmm. the idea. So, and have a teacher and have a teacher like you who can mirror you and who can do the work can like can show how how to uh and that's what you are for me yeah time that's what we want so, you know just being able to do that for people so that they can go out and do the work like you know I'm pretty clear my, I'm not going to say fragile energy, but just very sensitive body, very sensitive energy. I could, I can see really deep and I can do a lot of work if I don't overspend my vitality. I'm not out there. I'm not meant to be a, a, a frontline worker. You know, we have to know who we are. I'm not putting on, you know, fatigues and going out there. And I wouldn't even know who to, I'd get out there and be like, okay, <laughs> what do we, you know, it would take me way too long to sort of orient and be like, what energy are we feeling here? You know? So, but I, I, I certainly know a lot about how to help people self-regulate help people to come back in and regulate once they've been out in the field doing whatever work they're doing and how to clearly see, you know, mostly, most of the time there's something, you know, you say people come and go, mm. they come and go pretty quickly. Mm. And sometimes they keep coming back. That's, you know, the, the real skill there. Mm -hmm. Like never, I, I always say, I always think, I don't know where this person is, but I can know that, if they are ready, they'll come back. Yes. And I can, you know, I, I feel it's a really important thing, not to necessarily say it, but to intend it. And then if they come back, like, huh, what are you here for? You know, like, it's an important thing. Like, it's okay that you feel, I just remember, right, we, we have this experience together. Mm -hmm. it's okay what you're feeling it's part of it mm -hmm. you know what's working for you it's such an important thing because otherwise we're just blah 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 <laughs> <laughs> right it's it's you know it's not not a bad thing to just kind of say what you heard mm. but it doesn't work as well as just being in the moment with somebody and, and let them come to consciousness around something. And if, if somebody wants to meet you, like yeah. I met you, where can people find you? Hmm. Well, I, uh, one easy way is um, that I teach, I still teach a class, believe it or not. 
at ISHTA um, on Tuesdays in New York, New York time, 1230. It's online as well, uh, in studio and online. And I just really love new people coming in and saying hello or old people coming in and saying hello. So that's a place to find me. Um, or I'm pretty open to just like getting an email. Um, so if anybody is a listener and wants to be in touch with me, you can just hit up edit for my email. <laughs> um, I don't look at my, I do have a website, but I don't look at it that often. I don't have a, actually that's Wendy Newton, Wendy Newton yoga.com. It's not really updated, but I think there might be a way to go through there um, and get a hold of me. But um, I'm pretty, I'm pretty easy to find. I'm, I'm out there on the, uh, on the circuit. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm happy. I'm also, you know, obviously, I we didn't really talk about this. It became a, a yoga, a yoga. Um, conversation, but I, I do do private sessions, um, yoga, therapy, polarity. Um, and I'm happy to work with people if they're looking to find me. And I just say, go, go, go. Yeah. Because that was my lifeline. Many. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, Edit. It's been really, really good. Anything else? I have Maybe. so much that I think maybe maybe you are going to be my guest who i invite again maybe yeah <laughs> you want to. right now peter's got me on He's got me for a weekly a weekly so i'm i'm around yeah and i hope i see you soon here in sweden yeah yeah have a really wonderful time where you are enjoy your kids and your feel like your water and your mist <laughs> yes Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Have a beautiful day. You too. Mm. Mm. Bye. Love. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you so much to listening to this podcast. And I hope that you find something that you can take with you in your life, inspiration, hope and better ways to live your life. Have an amazing week. Bye.